promises, oaths, vows. We've all made them in some form or another. Some of them we made in a nice suit at the front of a church. With all our family and friends watching, and and we confirmed it with an I do. Some of those promises, those vows, well, we made them on our knees with our arms wrapped around a toilet. Regretting the jello shots, that shot of tequila, and the Jägermeister we washed it all down with. And we swore the next morning, I'll never do that again. But some of our vows, well, they're different. They're unspoken. They're hidden deep inside. These are the vows that drive us, for good or for bad. These are the promises we made to ourselves after being hurt, wounded, and shamed. And we probably made them back in school after getting bullied and depantsed by some Neanderthal or, or after that prom date from hell where, where she laughed at our $8 supercut and that festering pimple the size of a walnut on our chin. That was when we vowed, come hell or high water, I will never be in this place ever again. And life changed because it marked us and we were convicted, we were resolute. And we went out and we bought the weight set and we bench pressed and repped and curled our bodies beyond the reach of the bullies. We washed our faces and bought zit cream and paid the $20 for the haircut. Nothing can motivate more than embarrassment and humiliation. You can't tell me that somewhere, deep in Bill Gates' past, there's a couple of stories like that. And that vows were made, and that's one of the main drivers that lands him at the top of Forbes' list every year. Vows. That's a big part of Jordan Terrell's story. Jordan was the young adult pastor here at Flatters for 12 years, up until late last year. And he's joining Justin Morgan and me today to talk about his vows, the vows he made a long time ago, and how he deals with them today, and the effect they've had on his life, in his home, and as the husband of Megan and the father of his three growing boys. Who's your daddy? The vows we make. This is Dan Foote, Flatirons Men's Community Pastor, and this is Wake Up Call, the Flatirons Podcast for Men. We're doing this series called Who's Your Daddy? Right. And looking at fatherhood and looking at different people, different, uh, different fatherly relationships. I wanted to talk to you because you are the father of three boys, and we call them boys now because they're boys, but you are growing young men. Mm-hmm. You're raising young men. You and Megan, are that's your world, is boyhood. And I have a deep affinity for that because I am one of four of David and Shirley Foote's sons. And growing up in that home, there is something to raising young men that I want to talk to you about because Holt is six, right? Yeah, six. And you're, the youngest, 
is two. two. So you've got, yeah, six, four, and two, right? Six, four, and two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, huh. I mean, last night we were, we were playing, and I mean, the, the thing that they love the most to do is uh, we do this thing, they call it Tickle Monster, and we just wrestle. But, you know, it started out with Holt when he was little, and we would wrestle kind of mildly, and then Walker kind of took it up a notch, and now we have a two-year-old that just runs and jumps off the couch and does like a cannonball on my back. and. <laughs> And, so and they progressively got oh they're getting they're harder. getting they're getting tougher and tougher yeah. and rougher and rougher and it's starting to get painful. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, raising boys is I, I you know I sat there last night going, man, I don't know if we, if we had a daughter if she could survive this. Yeah, uh, they are they are just as rowdy as can be. There's really nothing in our house that's um, hasn't been at least tampered or broken or. Uh, I mean, the the leather is tearing off of our couches. The the <laughs> walls are are uh, painted on. Uh, I mean, our our furniture is being destroyed. That they they are they are a rowdy rowdy bunch. And um, there's a reason why I don't have hair. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they are they are responsible for that. Yeah. It's not genetics. Hey, so let's quickly kind of set this up because you used to be here on staff. Yep, for. Ten years? Ten years, yeah. yeah. And you oversaw young adult ministry. Yep. And you're the one that created Merge and uh, from, from the get-go. But then you had, uh, you, you made a, an occupational change. Yep. And I want to kind of talk through that because all of this stuff fits together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you grew up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Kind of share with us quickly your situation because... I'm, I'm going to say you as a father is greatly influenced by what you grew up with. We can't, you can't help but have that. So quickly tell us the story of your growing up in Oklahoma and how you got out here. Yeah, uh, grew up in Oklahoma. Was uh, yeah, I was I have a I have a sister. She's four years older. You know, we had a we had a great childhood and grew up in the grew up in the church. Uh, and you know the everyone in Oklahoma goes to church and and Oklahoma is really boring uh it's <laughs> it's flat and yeah. you can see your dog run away for a couple of days and uh where in Oklahoma where what, what uh, Edmond Oklahoma Edmond okay. and uh so growing up there there wasn't a lot to do and so you played sports and and if you're in high school you drink beer and and that's about it and uh yeah I grew up my my dad was a uh, college athlete and uh, he was an entrepreneur, business guy, and, and he was like a mini, like local TV. Celeb, yeah, so right? he, yeah, he had uh, he had a business, and the way he did his marketing is he was on TV and and did his commercials, and and so everywhere we went, we were well known, yeah. and uh, and and people thought because we were so wealthy, and uh, just because if you're on TV, apparently you're wealthy, but we we were well off, but uh, I don't I don't know if we were considered wealthy. Uh, but so everywhere we'd go, we'd be in a restaurant and people would know who we were because our family, my dad liked to put our family on the commercials. And so we were as a child, as like a six year old, four year old, I was on these commercials. And what, what, what did he, what was his business? He it was a, it was a, no, it was remodeling, like siding, windows, roofing, all okay. that kind of stuff. Okay. 
And and he had like he'd like dress you up in a like construction outfit and like my dad wants to work on your home that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was the yeah it's about as cheesy as you can think. Uh, I, in fact, I have like it's like a it's like a horrible memory. Uh, really of, of my uh, yeah. Well, I, I I I didn't really enjoy the. It was embarrassing. Yeah. So it was always like this, you know, thing that that my dad wanted me to do, and my sister I think liked it a little more, but I I found it rather uncomfortable and um i think it was cool at, at a certain point but i think eventually you know when you get to you know you hit 11 12 13 and you're you're you start to think like what do people think of me right and uh and then you start getting noticed and and people start recognizing you as that guy and and you don't know you don't want them to recognize you that way you want right. to you want to define how they recognize you and uh yeah the the commercials were cheesy and that that was the whole point but i didn't like it the 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 thing in oklahoma is is the 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 culture there is uh it's not like in Colorado where the there's the the commercial environment here is different than it is there but yeah our our family uh growing up growing up in Edmond we we were um kind of that the Terrell family yeah and and wherever we went we were kind of considered that so it was kind of interesting childhood. going to restaurants people would notice your dad and right yeah or yeah, or whatever it was and and so that was that that formed a lot sure that started to, to shape a lot I, I don't think i recognized that then but as you as you get older and you look back you start to realize there's certain things that i carry as an adult that that were formed and shaped back then mm-hmm. and it's not just the that part of my childhood it, it's it's many other aspects but we we get shaped as a as a kid yeah and and it forms who we are as an adult and so looking back that was definitely one of the formational you know right. points in my life but also sports i know you were a you were an athlete yeah. baseball football yeah you, you had a powerful moment in baseball if you're willing to talk about it yeah you know i had uh yeah, I had I had some I had some moments in uh, my childhood uh, with sports where, uh, you know, I, I played baseball, I played football, um, I played basketball, and you know, uh, football was a was a big thing for me. Baseball was also a big thing for me, but I I, I got a lot out of how I performed, and and because I grew up in a home where 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 sports was was valued. Uh, you know, my dad was a college athlete, and so what, I, what college? He played at the University of Oklahoma. Okay, and so I I grew up kind of on the sidelines. I, I remember you know going to to games and like the you know the alumni, the football players, would, you know, at University of Oklahoma would come over to our house. Yeah, I'm like five six years old, and I see these big football players at my house, and and I was kind of always wired to think like I was going to be a football player, and mm-hmm. I was always told, and I was a big kid. I was like full grown at seven in in like. <laughs> And uh, you were your height and weight yeah, at I, seven. I was probably my weight at seven, <laughs> and then I, I was like, I, I was rounder than I was tall. Um, but uh, no, I was I was programmed and wired to think that like football was a big deal to me, and and that was going to be my future, and it was going to pave the way. And and so, and whether it was football or baseball, I, I got a lot of value out of that, and and I started to learn that that's where I would get my value and. Uh, you know, I, it's weird right now. I'm, I'm actually coaching little league sports mm-hmm. and there's a lot of grace coming over my life right now for my own father. Cause my dad was my, my coach in all my sports and right. I'm going, Oh my gosh, my poor father. <laughs> um, yeah. why did he sign up to be my coach <laughs> right. in all these different sports? And because I, I remember as a, as a kid, uh, 
you know, when you're, when you're little and you're, your dad's trying to coach you or disapproves of something you're doing or, or maybe he, he loses his temper or whatever, the way you receive it as a kid is, is very different than, than how it's being distributed. Right. And, um, and even if it is distributed poorly, um, it's still received in a really bad way. And so as a kid, I'm like this, you know, six, seven, eight year old, nine year old in, in, in every season, there was just moments that, that completely, um, shaped me yeah. in a, in a really poor way. And, and, uh, where, you know, I, I'm stepping out on the, on the field and, and something goes wrong and I'm not performing well. And, you know, a few discussions later with, with, you know, my father, or things go south, and the next thing you know, I'm going to argue with, with my dad in, in front of other people, and you mix that with being the guy that's known at every restaurant, and all right. of a sudden, you're worried about everyone that's around you and everyone that's watching, and you feel like there's something that's going really south, and you're a kid, and you don't know how to shape it or form it. Right. And and so all this stuff goes on in your head, and it 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 was a powerful moment. There's one moment in particular that... That I I kind of have etched in my in my memory um, on a pitcher's mound where and how old are you at this point? Uh probably ten, eleven. Uh, you know, but I, I remember standing on that mound and and I you know it was kind of like you know the classic you know you're getting ready to get pulled out of the game right moment and and there was a there was basically an argument that happened with me and my father and, and he's your coach he's my coach and he's going out there to like pull me out of the game and i'm telling him no probably yeah like get off the field dad and he's like no i'm the coach get off the field and there was an exchange and it, and it got it got it got violent um verbally and and i obviously didn't win that one mm-hmm. but it happened in, in front of people and, and you guys were yelling at each other well, I, I don't know. I, I remember it as I was being yelled at. Yeah. Whatever happened in those moments, whether they were completely uh, taken out of context, whether they were completely inappropriate, whether whether my dad lost his cool on a on a ten year old and it was it was a bad moment or not, it shaped me. It's a defining moment. for It you. shaped me. Yeah. It shaped me, and and it it really um, it 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 it. it it was powerful in a way that it it made me really concerned about what everyone else around me thought. Right. Because here I am and you know there's all these other parents and kids and my teammates and the other teammates and or the other teams uh players and and I'm so concerned about what all of them think about me in this moment. Yeah. And and I got really good at worrying about what everybody else thinks and and trying to build my life in such a way where you're really good at managing everyone else's opinions of you. Right. And that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you take that and then there's moments, uh, you know, throughout high school, I, I step into uh, my freshman year of high school and I, I, I remember my parents were going through a really hard time and they were split and I went to this one high school and uh, and I was going to play or go to the school and I was going to join their varsity football team and football was kind of a big deal for me at this time. And so I'm a freshman, I'm doing like summer two days with the school. I'm getting to know all the kids. And at the last second, I realized that this, this school situation wasn't going to work. I didn't realize this. My dad realized that it wasn't going to work for him mm. and, and what he needed for me and, and athletic 
situation, high school career. So he pulled me out of the school. Well, explain that to me. Your dad realized it wasn't going to work for him. You mean getting you to school or? or? Yeah. So it, it, he realized that, uh, there was a lot of expectation. I, you know, being, uh, as an eighth grade kid, I was the biggest kid on my team. Mm-hmm. So tallest, biggest, strongest, fastest. I was just full grown. Right. So I went into the, my ninth grade year with just a lot of expectation. I was like the best football eighth grader. If you, if there's an award for the best eighth grade football player, I mean, if if I if, if, if my future was paved by how I performed my eighth grade year, I, I would have been in the NFL. Unfortunately. Right. That was just that was probably my prime. <laughs> you you peaked at eighth yeah, grade. I peaked at eighth grade. Yeah. And uh and so I, I get to my freshman year and there's this you know, we're moving from one school to the best school. Right. And and now it's a, a matter of at least from my dad's perspective, a matter of how do we get my son into the best, you know, school that's gonna help him get to the next level and and we get to uh we get to this one school, and I'm doing. I'm enrolled. It, we're in the summer. We're doing all the summer practices. I'm meeting with the coaches and doing the whole thing, and I'm getting to know this entire community of people. And at the last second, like a week before school starts, some exchanges went south with my dad and the coach, and and so uh, he didn't feel like it was a good fit, and so he he pulled me out of that school, and we transferred to a new school. So right. freshman year, I. I'm, uh, you know, I haven't even started school, and I'm already now starting my second new school. Right. Um, and so then I go to this new school for a semester. It's a Catholic school. It's weird. It's the only time I've ever been to a mass a service <laughs> or whatever they do. Right. And and I remember walking around the school, and these these people knew who I was because again, the the family situation. Right. And you're the television boy. And so we're we're. We're going to school, or yeah, I'm doing the football thing, and I'm on this JV team, and and again, things didn't work out with the the football program, and and what things, how 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 my dad and 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 probably even I wanted things to work out, right? But at that point, I was just really wanting to be liked and to be a part and to have friends, and mm-hmm. there was this there's a situation in my life going on where my parents were going through a really rough patch of their marriage, and. I didn't have any friends, and I was like the new kid at this second school in less than six months. And uh, again, at the end of that first semester freshman year, we, I, I get pulled out of that and put into another school. Third school. Freshman year. Wow. And so this time, um, I'm, I'm, it, it was just a really interesting time. I'm walk, I, I remember walking the hallways just feeling like so alone and this high school was really resistant to me for whatever reason uh i I, maybe i already had this like expectation of what people thought of me but i just Mm -hmm. like this is where i started just walking the halls by myself i remember sitting in the lunchroom going i wish i could sit at that table not at this table with no one else at the table right and so it wasn't just me at the wrong table it was me at the the only person at the table right and and i remember thinking in that year like I hate this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want. Like this is not the life I want. Because I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about my eighth grade year. I was like, I, I didn't just peak in football. Somehow I was the MVP of my football team, baseball team, basketball team, and the president of my eighth grade class. Which I don't know how you get voted president of your eighth grade class, but I did. So to go from that to sitting at the lunch table by, by yourself, yourself, yeah, and like having no friends whatsoever, starts to form a little 
14, 15 year old kid's mind. Right. And I made some vows with myself. I don't, I didn't know that I did this at the time, but I, I basically said, okay, if, if, what is it going to take to, to rule the school? So we moved schools again. Wow. Sophomore year. You're so, so your freshman year finished off at this school at the, yeah. at the solo table. Yeah. And so three schools, one year. Uh, and, and then sophomore year, I, I jumped into this new school. And this time it was like my choice. I got to go to the school that I wanted. My parents finally realized I was pretty unhappy. And, and, and at the same time, their marriage was, was coming back together. And so there was like this really cool, um, uh, yeah, it was just, it was cool how it came back together and, and I got to choose this new school. And so I kind of entered this new school with a new perspective, with some vows that I made mm-hmm. of, I, I'm not going to sit at that table alone. I'm not going to walk the halls alone and I'm going to dominate. I, I, how do I get back to where I was? Right. Where life was great. And so I, I went in with like this mentality that I was just going to, to, to dominate school. And well, let me ask this, um, just listening to that story. And I, and I know you'd share that be, with me before, but to hear that again and get refreshed, how much of that was your dad being a, I'm going to call it like a, I was, you always call them stage moms. You know, these, these mothers that with their little girls that try to live out their, their dreams through their, their their kids on stage how much of that was your dad being the the college football star at i mean for crying out loud the university of oklahoma that's a powerhouse across the country so that's a big deal to be a star at the university of oklahoma and then was that him trying to live relive his dreams through you to to orchestrate your life so that you become not only the the football star at the University of Oklahoma, but then to go even further than he did into the NFL. Was that him living out his dreams through you? Uh, I think, you know, it asked me that five, six years ago, I might have had a different answer now that I have my own kids mm-hmm. and my own boys, and I look at them and I go, man, I won't, I'm going to make you great. Yeah, I'm going to teach you everything that I, that I didn't know. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I, could, if I could take another shot at this, Here's the things I would do differently. And, and so th- there's a part of me that just has a lot more grace for that, that question than I used to have. Right. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily him r- reliving anything as much as it was him just going, I know how to make you great. So then I, I get to this new school and I, I just have this mentality of like, I'm going to dominate this school. Mm-hmm. And I made some vows and the vows was I'll do whatever it takes to have the most friends you know, have the most girlfriends and the, the, you know, what, what, what's it going to take to be the homecoming king, the prom king, the football the, star, the, the baseball the MVP, star, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, and so it wasn't like, how do I get the best education so that I can get to the best university so that I can set myself up for a good life? It was, how do I be really cool and popular and get everyone to love me? Mm. And so like I became, I be started forming this like, I started really being good at like getting every one to like me. So I was like the 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 head of the Christian club and like the rowdy drunk beer drinking club. Somehow simultaneously served them both well. And, okay. and all of those social groups were permeable for you. You could get into each one. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Uh and uh yeah, I remember it was just 
it, it, it didn't work out well when I showed up to one right after having gone to the the <laughs> the, the, the drunk fest. Yeah, uh, had did you show up to the Christian club? Yeah, it didn't work out well. I I, I held my cool, but you know, one, one one occasion I was on some pretty heavy drugs, and um, you know, it's a bad trip when you show up to a Christian party after um, after you've taken some crazy drugs. <laughs> But uh, and you're the leader of the Christian club, yeah. so it doesn't work out. But too you well. understood the Book of Revelation better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I I kind of went nuts with with it, and I got to my senior year, and I looked back, and I go, I accomplished everything that I hoped to. Those vows that you made were accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then I I got I graduated, and I was like, oh wait, what, what's what's next? <laughs> like. Oh yeah, I, I literally manipulated myself through high school from an academic standpoint. Right. Uh, it, it, it served me. It served my brokenness really well. Mm-hmm. It served my life horribly. Yeah. Because I get to my my you know freshman year of college. And where'd you go to college? Uh, and well, after all of that was said and done, I said screw football, and I walked away from the. I said I'm not going to play anymore. Right, and I had these scholarship offers, and I kind of decided to turn those down, and 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 then I found myself in my hometown, living in an apartment, um, trying to go to school, and failing out of every class, and that's that's when that's when Jesus just rocked my life. How did that happen? I was drunk. Wow, and <laughs> we're just getting started. Does anything in Jordan's story sound familiar to you? Did you make some vows like Jordan did way back when? Well, we're not through yet. Jordan's back with us tomorrow to finish up that story and to share how his past has had a profound effect on how he's following his little boys today. Join us as we finish up with Jordan Terrell tomorrow. Trust me, he didn't stay drunk. And what happened next? Well, it's good really good. This is Dan Foote. Join us tomorrow for part two of Who's Your Daddy? The Vows We Make on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men.